0: How's everyone doing? We're back, episode four. Show me the money. We got a special guest today, Eric Rivera. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let him uh, introduce himself. Uh, we got we got some good quality content coming today from a man who uh, a man who a man who's been through some stuff, but it's gonna be a great story to hear today. Sit back and uh, let's get right to it. So, Eric, we just want to explain who you are, kind of.
1: Eric, what's good? I'm gonna explain a little bit more my story about my situation, what I've been through, what I'm going through.
0: So And we'll go from there. We'll go from there. So uh to just start it off, um Eric's really close family to mine, and so I want no one getting disrespected and think we're coming out here and just disrespecting uh people by all measures, you know. This is uh this is something that he was willing to do. And uh, I think a lot of people can have a lot of insight from just listening to this guy speak and uh see what he's been through. So uh let's get ready and let's get going. So, Eric, can you kinda explain to us how your just how you were brought up, how your childhood was with being around like the family and going from there?
1: Well, um my family's been really close. When we grew up, our family's been really close. Um, we always get together, we always um live like me always living together like my aunt lived next door to us and my uncle may rest in peace and my grandma lived upstairs from my aunt's house and my aunt and uncle were the owner of the house and my mom and my um stepdad and us and my brothers and sisters we lived next door. Where was where was this at? It was in Milwaukee. Okay. And um on the south side. And um me um we grew up and we were real close. I mean picnics dinners you know sometimes during the week we'll get together at my aunt's house and we'll just you know come next door and we we'll all have dinner together you know christmas was a big thing thanksgiving holidays birthdays you're we all you know we we're all close we always did a lot of things together cookouts you know fourth of july we used to go mm-hmm. i remember back in like 91 92 93 we used to go to burlington Lake out there in Burlington, Wisconsin We used to get together and go out there for the 4th of July And sometimes we went to Muskego Lake, you know, out there
0: So super family
1: oriented You know, we were, yeah We were, real, we were all real close, you know And um, we grew up and everything, you know And um, they always taught us what's the rights and wrongs of living in the South Side, you know Growing up, you know Telling us not to do drugs and not to fuck up and, you know but you know, some of us listen, and obviously, some of us, like myself, never did <laughs> Remember, I was always hard-headed. I was what black. you mean what you
0: mean? you can't just say it you gotta explain it to like, us. like you know
1: i was you know i I'm the black sheep of the family, basically, you know, but you know i i don't I'm not embarrassed of my um my past experience. I don't take it as a um an a, a a bad you know what I did bad in my life and nothing. I just take it as an experience in my life, you know, not to do it again, you know. But obviously, you know, some of us are hard-headed, you know I'm 35 years old right now, you know Back in the day, growing up, is totally different than it is now You know, you were
0: telling me you were facing blunts out there on the porch you know, What's up with that? You know, <laughs> that, that's the
1: thing, you know, I was 15, 16 years old, you know And I used to be, you know, outside and right here on the block um, In front of my aunt's house and my mom's house Right here, we used to just, you know, stay outside, drink Drink up for it, drink some beers, you know Used to smoke some blunts You know And just chill You know And and there's no fights No problems No gang bangs None of that stuff You know Mm -hmm. We were just real close And we had a lot of close friends That were gang related And that were You know Drug dealing And stuff like that You know But um, In 98 My mom got tired Of our bullshit And been out here And seeing what we were going through So she moved to another town Outside of Milwaukee which is like an hour away And it, it was a small decent town And um And me grew up And um My mom was married With my stepfather And um You know She always tried to give us good life You know She always was a hard, hard working mother You know She was a single mother basically You know With seven kids She did a lot for us But You know Um all we did was, you know, me always did what we can, you know. I was still a kid, you know, thirteen, fourteen years old, you know. You know, I was still thinking stupid, being ignorant, you know, being a kid. You know, I was still smoking cigarettes, you know, I'm smoking weed, drinking, you know, and 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 I never learned, you know, until you know, I, I stopped going to school, and I was in middle school. I stopped going to school. And when, I was, you, when
0: was it, When was your last year of school?
1: My I graduated. Out of all my brothers and sisters. Out of all my brothers, I'm just the only one that got a high school diploma. My older brother got a HECD. And my little brother got a GED. You know, and they're doing good. You know, they're they're doing good. My little brother, you know, he's a good guy. He's a volunteer fireman for where town that he lives in, and he's a carpenter. And then my older brother, he's a he's a plant supervisor for a company. You know, and he makes you know like five figures a year. You know, he's a good guy. You know. Has good family and everything, you know. Me grew up in a poor environment, you know. Our family's not rich or nothing, but, you know, everybody lives comfortable, you know. Everybody you get, you get worked hard. Yep. Everybody worked hard to get what they have and, mm. you know, and they don't put nobody down. That's the thing, you know, like, like myself right now, I'm going through some things, you know, but, you know, it's not the end of the world, you know. Never. So, Never. well, the thing is. When I go back Saying that You know Going back to my middle school I I never listened I never never wanted to go to school And I always I always came back To live with my grandma For like two weeks at a time And then I go back to school Until I got uh, Put on probation for truancy You know And I never listened Until They put me in a foster home For like For a weekend And then I didn't listen And then they put me for a week And then And it got to the point that they started sending me to Juvenile, to Juvie, to Rock, Rock County Juvenile Detention Center. You know, that's, you know, like more farther than where I was, you know. And I was like a, a little, you know, anybody that knows the Juvenile Center, it's, it's like a, a jail, but for kids, you know. And, um, I was scared. I was, you know, I cried, you know. I was, I'm here 14 years old in, uh, in Rock County Juvenile Detention Center, you know, and, um. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen to me, you know. I stayed quiet, you know. I knew I was going to be there for only for like two weeks. But, you know, it was two weeks without seeing my mom, my brother, my little sisters, you know. And it was hard for me, you know. I, I went through so much shit, you know what I mean. And I never listened, you know. I kept on fucking up, you know. And, um, my mom, well, why, do you, why do you
0: think that is? That Honestly, to Is it just kind of, was it a sense of freedom for you? Was it a sense of like, fuck it, like I'm going to do what I want, like I got... Big balls so I'm going to do what I want Or What do you it, think To me go? honestly
1: It was just that You know I was always trying to prove To everybody That I could be better And I was not afraid You know what I mean That I thought yeah. You know Ain't ain't nothing going to happen to me Yeah You know And you know That's how it, it progressed like that You know And then you know I started you know Going to um, Well a lot of Mexican friends of mine and got real Mexican You know what I mean? Like going to Mexican dances And dressing up like a cowboy And everything You know Doing doing a lot of things You know And um, I chilled out And then I, I was at 14 My mom Actually 15 I was 15 My brother was 16 My mom got tired of our shit She, she got tired of giving us money And we were just smoking pot Drinking, partying Not going to school Didn't give a fuck and Until my mom got Tired, so she... She brought us to Milwaukee, and... Honestly, being a citizen, being here, born and raised here in Wisconsin, being a citizen, my got tired of this shit, and she was, like I said, she was a single mother, you know, with, with grown-ass kids, you know? So, she took us out of school, and she bought us fake papers, and we were working, making skits, p- pallets, you know? Um... My my freshman year, I didn't go to school because my mom took me out of school and said that I was going to Mexico and I was making skits. And then after that, at that age, since that age, my mom was charging us um, two fifty a rent a month and $50 a week for food. And after that, um, you know, me started understanding more and more where my mom was coming from and why she was being like that with us, you know, because... Ain't nothing free in this world, no matter what. You know, you got to struggle to get what you want. You and know? that was after
0: your freshman year?
1: That was... Started my freshman so year. So how old were you? Like seven? Oops, no, 16. I was 14. Oh, you were 14? I was about to turn 15.
0: Okay. And... um. That was before or after you went to juvie?
1: That was after I went to junior.
0: Okay. And then what happens... So going into your late 20s, how did, how did your late 20s to... You said you're 35 now, right? Yeah. So your late 20s... Talk to me how your 20s went in terms of just... Your well, and-
1: well, when when I was, you know, in my, you know, 18, 19, I was, I started working, you know, my, when I went back to school and finished school and everything, but on my summer vacation, I was working landscaping. And I always got into doing landscaping, landscaping. And I liked it, you know, until, you know, I got an opportunity to go to Colorado. Um, I was 20 years old. And I went to Colorado for three years. I went three years without coming back to Wisconsin for Christmas. Just three years by myself out there. Just, just said fuck it, and I took it, you know. And um, I got into the carpentry, and that's when I got into construction, concrete making, concrete, building walls, doing foundations, making buildings. You know, I got into a, a trades, a tradesman that um, that really I liked it, that fitted me. And um, I was out there And I was I was doing the same thing You know I was older now I was drinking Going to clubs Beating girls You know <laughs> Wasting money Like an idiot You know Not giving a fuck Cause I had no kids I had no wife I, You know It was just me You know Being single You know For Enjoying life world. You know Until um, My yeah. mom gave me a call Saying that she was gonna get Renew her vows With my, my stepdad May you rest in peace And they were gonna get married And everything So um, I came back, and and I stayed, and I started working at uh, Johnsonville with my other brother, and um, I worked there, and then that's when shit started getting hectic because um, I fucked up because I, I lost that job because one day I came out from work and we were drinking and everything, and then I got in a big argument with my mom no. and the cops. The cops arrested me, and took me in for disorderly conduct, and um, and I was going through a lot, you know what I mean, and um, and then from there, that's when my my shit started going down when I started just going in and out of jail for a week, for two weeks, and then I got a DUI. Actually, I got an OWI, and this is the fucked up part.
0: Was this all in a matter of like two weeks?
1: No. Or- no this is with this was with the time you know from my yeah. twenty to I was twenty. So I was 25, you know, um, and I got OWI when I was 19, I was on drinking and I was partying all weekend with the friends and, um, and I passed out on my older brother's truck and it was wintertime. It was January and up here in Wisconsin, it's fucking cold. So my brother left the truck on and left me sleeping in the truck. And I was fucked up, faded. I was geek. I was just gone. I was not I here. was out of it. I was passed not out. In this world. You know, not awake. And, um, <laughs> and the cops will always go around because it was a small town, and they always circle everywhere. You know, and they saw the truck on for many passes, and then they came and knocked on the window, and I rolled down the window, and they told me to turn off the vehicle, and I since I was on the passenger side, I reached over and I turned off the truck. And just for doing that They got me for OWI You know This was I was 19 You know This was over You know 15 years ago You know what I mean And um And then from there I just I didn't give a fuck no more You know I just I was like Fuck it You know I'm gonna do What I'm gonna do You know I've re- am already been in jail before I don't care no more So now um, uh, My family And my mom And my stepdad Were telling me To chill out Get help this and that So I did Do, do you I think just, you needed help? No Well obviously You know I was fucking up You know and But then, did you know
0: you were fucking up Or was it Is it you just like Enjoying what you were doing?
1: I, I was just enjoying the moment You know Just like any other human being You know You learn from your mistakes You enjoy the moment And you don't know What are the consequences You know But you ignore it Yeah You just You just live in the moment You know Yeah You're, you're a human being it's, it's as simple as that You know you you know, nobody can judge you. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Nobody's going ha- to know what's going to happen right now in, in an hour, you know. You never know. So, you know, I just, I was just doing my thing, you know. And, um, and after that, um, I met a woman and, um, I met a girl and, um, I chilled out and I, I got married and I had my first son, you know, he's 11 now, um, and that didn't work out. Cause um. I started drinking. And um. Uh, this girl. She um. My ex-wife. My my son's. Mother. Basically. Just. Used me for the papers. Cause she was. You know. She didn't have no papers. She just used me. And um. Fucked me over. And um. And I fucked myself over. Cause I let it get to that point. Cause I already seen the signs and everything. But I was ignoring it. You know what I mean. I. I was still going out, getting drunk with the family and, you know, with her family and, you know, and I thought everything was okay and normal. But, you know, the the truth was, you know, w wasn't that, you know, it was that, you know, I was fucking up and I was being blind by the reality because I was not trying to hear it. I was not trying to, you know, lose my family and I did, you know, for my, for drinking, you know, basically, you know, I could say, you know, I'm alcoholic, you know. Um, so that happened, and I got charged with a uh, domestic violence. You know, cause we were legally married, and um I got arrested, and I went to jail, and um at the end they filed. Um, there was not enough evidence of what she said that I was that I was getting convicted of, so they only gave me forty five days in jail in Hubert. And a year of probation Once I got released From the jail That day Um I grabbed my shit And I moved to Milwaukee With my sister And um And I never went back since I never looked back I never begged my ex-wife or To go back to me Or nothing Or for forgiveness Nothing You know I just Moved on And um And I met another woman My My second wife You know Rosie, you know, that gave me a beautiful daughter, you know, and I had a beautiful stepson, you know, I raised him since he was a year and a half old, Um, and everything was going good, and then um, my operation was transferred to Milwaukee from from Jefferson, and um, I was alive, they fucked me over, because after two and a half years thought I was off and everything, um, I got pulled over. And I had been getting pulled over before, you know, they asked for my license, my ID, I gave to them, and they let me go. And uh, officers told me that they were, uh, my, my police officer was looking for me, that I had worn off of my wrist. And I was like, all right, whatever, why not? So um, my wife at the time was Rosie. My daughter was six months old, and my, um, my stepson was about five years old. And um, and it hurted me because you know I was really happy with my family, and um, and she was alone here. You know she don't have no sisters, no brothers, no cousins, no aunts, no uncles. Both her parents died when she was young. You know, cause she's from El Salvador. Mm. You know, and she suffered a lot. You know, she felt really hopeless and sad. But you know, I thank God that um the family that I have, my aunts and uncles and um my mothers and my brothers and sisters always looked out for her no matter what. You know, they always took care of her. They always, hey, you're okay, you're good. They're always there for her. You know, they're always there to support her and everything, you know? And um and um I, I went to jail and I was charged with a class H felony, which is really low, you know, but it still was a felony. And um my P.O. um hold me for thirty days and after those thirty days um he sent me to Dodge County Correctional, which is uh uh a, a prison here in Wisconsin where they sent you and then there they're gonna set they segregate you for thirty days to see if you're gonna go to a minimum or a maximum prison. And they give you the choice, but it goes under your um your charges, what you've been charged with and what you know what you're guilty of and um and I was there, and when you go there it's a uh, it's a place that just like in the movies you know Netflix and everything you know when you see locked up you know you know the worst prisons it's not like the worst prisons that you know you could wear your own clothes, nothing no you know you're locked there for thirty days in a cell with somebody else or by yourself all depends on your charges what you're getting charged with how was
0: your uh, checking process you said something about coughing can you talk about the oh, coughing yeah. story
1: <clears throat> when you when you first go in there um they they take distribute strip from all your clothes and everything and they make you take a hot ass shower and they give you the soap and the soap is supposed to kill all the lice or whatever you have in your hair and everything you know so you don't bring it in the jail you know and when you get out, you're, you're ass naked. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's a deputy there that, you know, is looking at you while you're taking a shower to see if you have any contraband or anything. trying to sink anything in. So when I was done taking a shower, I got the towel right away. And he was like, what are you doing? And I was just like drying off. He goes, no, no. He goes, lift your ball sack, squat, and cough three times. And I did. And then he goes, and I got the towel. He goes, no, do it again. And he made me do it again. He you know, was cough harder, and you know, I was just like, "What the fuck?" You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, "This shit's fucked up." You know, I'm like, "This, this is my life." You know, um, I'm not gonna see my kids no more. I don't know how long I'm gonna be here. I'm, I'm fucked. I ruined my life. You know, all the shit that I did bad growing up since I was little. Um, my flash, my life was flashing before, before my eyes. I was, I was saying sorry to the whole world within a matter of seconds, but inside me, my mind. And, um... Because I, I literally, you know, I always saw this shit on TV and everything, and friends of mine that been in prison, and, you know, people I know in the family that been in prison, you know, I never knew... Um... I was gonna be here, you know? And, um... And it was fucked up, and it was sad. So... After that... Um... I I realized that this was it for me, and um, and I just moved on, and I and I did what I had to do, and I and I got my clothes, and my little like detergent thing that they give you, they give you like soap, a toothbrush, toothpaste, comb, towels, blanket, you know, and a rule book and. You know, a bunch of other papers and stuff like that. Mm. You know, and then they test you for, STDs and you know a bunch of stuff. You know, drugs and everything. You know, it was it was real hard for me. You know, and 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 you know I couldn't call my mom, cause I didn't have no money in my books yet. I couldn't call nobody. Tell them where I was at. And um, I was just you know when I got to my cell, before they put us to the cell your cell, there was like eighteen of us in the holding cell. You know, and I was with, with rapists, child molesters, murderers, you know, robbers, you know, I, you know, I was looking with the, the scum of, the, you know, bad, really bad people, you know what I mean? Worse than me, you know, and most of these guys look like bankers, you know, they look like they didn't even, won't even hurt a, a bug, you know, they look so simple, so honest people that you won't even imagine they did what they did, you know? Um and when I when I got to my cell, I got on my knees and I, and I prayed and I started crying because you know I really I really wanted to see my mom and and my daughter and my wife at the time, you know, and I couldn't let them know that I was all right and um it it was real hard for me, but you know, I, I, I did what I had to do, and I just, you know, I sucked it up, and um and when I needed to cry, I cried, you know, and when I, when I was mad, I was mad, and when I was angry, I was angry, because I was not going nowhere, because they don't let you out, you're in there for 30 days, until they decide what prison you're going to go to, from a minimum to a maximum, so... I was working out, I was reading books, I was drawing until I got my canteen, I got my money in the books, I started calling my family, you know. Um, I started talking to people that had been there before and they were telling me how things are, you know. And then I started calming down a little bit, you know. I started adapting, you know. But, you know, you you see shit, you know what I mean? That you, you gotta literally look the other way, you know, like. Like when I got released for chow um it was a week before I got released um i I was looking and um I seen you know twice I seen a guy got raped by other guys there, you know, and um got beat up, and everybody just kept on watching t v like nothing you know it was it was real sad, you know, and I couldn't say shit, I couldn't even stick up for the guy. And um and then he goes he was goes. So gonna take, and, time, um, take and then after that I I got um I got my um my shit together inside the prison cause I was like when I get out, you know, I'm not gonna do this again to be in here. And then when time, when time came when I got released, actually, I didn't know I was getting released because I thought I was going to go to a prison. And they gave me my stuff and everything. And um, they walked me out and they told me, okay, go ahead, you're free. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, you're, you you did your time. I was just like, so I'm not going to to prison? He was like, no, here's your money. Here's your stuff. There's a, there's a quick trip about two miles down the road. He goes, you could call anybody there to come pick you up. And I just ran. And I mm-hmm. left. You know. And honestly, since since that day, since that day back in, this is seven years ago, um, I've never been in jail since. You know, I've been, on um, my um, feet, yeah, I've been fucking up. You know, I lost my wife because I cheated and I did some things. You know, I, I was getting drunk, I fucked up, I crashed a couple cars, you know. But, you know, the thing is, all I would say is, like they say, like everybody else says, your parents say, you know, learn from your mistakes. You learn from mistakes, but you know what? Really pay attention to them, you know. Don't, don't take it as a mistake, just take it as an experience in life so you don't have to do it again because you don't want your kids going through what you went through, you know, because the sad part of life is repeating the same story you live, but seeing your kids going through that, you know, you don't want that, you don't need that, you know, so, all I could do is, my advice is, you know, just, you know, if you're fucking up, okay, you know, you fucked up, right, but, you know, try to try to make things better, you bounce know what back. Mean? bounce you back, you know, try to make things better, you know, and make yourself be proud, don't, 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 don't have to prove nobody nothing, just, as long as you know, you're doing good, and you're proud of yourself. That's all that matters. If you got five dollars in your pocket, if you got $50,000 in your pocket, that's that's for you. Be proud of who you are. And always, every day, every morning, you know, just, you know, thank God, you know, for another day, you know. And when you go to sleep, thank God for another night, you know what I mean? Give yourself the blessing, and thank God, good. you know.
0: Yep. And then... And we kind of let him take this, take the uh, stage there, and that's what we wanted to do. But the man, he brought a lot of insight into what was, what was, what needed to be said in terms of uh, when you run through different obstacles in life. And he, obviously, this man has gone through different obstacles himself, and he's put himself into positions where they might have been hard to get out of. But as you can see, he persevered. Um, he's doing well. Uh, he's taking care of himself. And um, the thing that I wanted to talk about real quick here is that. He talked about being able to learn from your experience, whether if it's bad or good and not just ignoring it. And that's one thing. Take the bad and take the good and try to if you can put it into one and learn from it. That's where you start seeing the value. And that's where that's where you're able to start showing the money. And uh, that's where I kind of want to wrap it up there is that learn from your experience, no matter if it's the greatest thing or the baddest thing in the world. And that's how we're going to show you the money. And that's how I showed you the money. Thank you guys for tuning in for this long. I know this was a long one, but a lot of good stuff was said. Have a good day. Next episode coming out in a few days. Peace.